0: And I do in my practice. And when I, you know, when we slow down and really ask them what they want, it isn't things. <laughs> it's time with their parents, time with the family. And, um, you know, uh, going back to spending meals together is so important. Um, I've had, I brought up two kids and they were always welcome to bring their friends over and 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 they we could have sleepovers. And one of the big things, the comments, and my tradition is, I would cook this big breakfast for everybody and sit at the table with the kids. And we'd sometimes sit there for one to two hours. And and then eventually the kids would say, you know what, we don't do this at home. This is so precious. And they want to be with us as much as, um, as a parent, you might think they're not interested. They definitely want to be with the adults. And sometimes we just need to sit with them. We don't have to talk. We don't have to ask them questions. And
1: so here's the big question have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money i've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early i've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy entrepreneurship and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin and this is the Money Talkers podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have Elka Schultz here with me today. She has a laundry list of letters that go after her name. M-A-R-P-R-E-A-C-E is a registered psychotherapist, an internationally registered expressive art consultant and educator, and an internationally certified EMDR therapist. Uh, She's written plenty of books around the subject of anxiety, is an anxiety specialist. Uh, She is also a well known author of the third edition of loving your life containing over 40 creative exercises as an ebook and paperback. And uh, she is also an affiliate author for project happiness, among a bunch of other things. She also uh, her work includes creative anti anxiety wellness kits for employees, youth at risk and seniors in managing anxiety and depression. And for over thirty-five years, Elka has helped people and runs her private practice, Embrace Bridge, Muskoka. And I'm I'm probably murdering that. I'm sure, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but she is a uh, she is a dedicated uh, speaker and uh, for radio and TV and co-chair on the board of the IEATA International Expressive Art Therapy Association. So with all that, thank you for coming on the show, Elka
0: my pleasure my passion so happy to be here cody
1: well i am really really excited to talk to you about this subject because it's one i haven't broached yet but i think it's one that affects people i don't i I don't want to say it affects people more today than ever has i think maybe we're just more willing to talk about it um and I'm, i'm really curious to see your take on that but um you know anxiety is as prevalent as it's ever been in our history with you know pending these lockdowns we've had and this experience you've had the last couple of years with the covid and pandemic and a flood of information that we're now all processing at the same time and um so i'm i'm curious if, if you, what is your take on if we have more anxiety now or that we're more aware of it or both
0: I think uh, it's definitely both so very much there's more anxiety for sure, even a few years ago, our stats had more than doubled for our youth so we have now uh, one in 15 youth uh, struggling with it. it it may be higher. Uh, and then with everything that's going on part of it is the past face Pat <laughs> here you talk about language <laughs> fast paced. Um, society that creates there's a lot of um, anxiety that's created out of that and it and and we can talk a little bit about uh, what that anxiety looks like because it's not all negative and then of course um, the last 18 months uh, what I've seen as a psychotherapist has been this extra sack of potatoes on all of us like it's, it's just this extra whatever we were struggling with now it's emphasized. So um, definitely um, is has been increased huge, actually, the fallout. Um, it's actually pretty, pretty heartbreaking for for therapists.
1: <laughs> I'd imagine. Um, I imagine. And so I think this topic is really, really um, important. And from the uh, from the perspective of the Money Talkers podcast, which is where we're trying to help parents have successful children, I was in a conversation recently and a bunch of dads around having a beer and then we were talking and one of the dads said, man, he's like, ah, oh, my son drives me nuts. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have to learn anything. Like he doesn't want to have has this ability to learn, you know, to, he doesn't want to go out and fix the cars with me and learn how to fix a car. And this, another. and I was, I saw him sitting there and said, you know what? Maybe, maybe you're looking at this a little bit the wrong way. You know, and he said, what do you mean? I said, he doesn't have to learn things like you did all the information in the world is at his fingertips, right? And so I, when I, that conversation, the reason I bring that up is because I kind of feel like as parents, we have to try to redefine the way that we think about the way our children consume things now, Mm. right? And so they have this information overload where they have all of this information at the fingertips. And you mentioned just a second ago, like how anxiety cannot be bad. It's not all bad. And I agree with you. And I want to, I want to get into that. But I also, like, what challenges do you, do you see with, you, you mentioned like that, you know, let's talk about the youth, right? And so the at-risk youth is, what are contributing factors into that, that as parents, maybe we didn't have to deal with uh, growing up, that they are now, you know, trying to adapt to this new world, I guess?
0: Well, uh, there's a few things. Uh, one of it is time. If you ask children what they want, uh, and I do in my practice, and when I you know when we slow down and really ask them what they want, it isn't things. <laughs> it's time with their parents, time with the family. and um, you know, uh, going back to spending meals together is so important um i've had i brought up two kids and they were always welcome to bring their friends over and 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 they we could have sleepovers and one of the big things the comments and my tradition is i would cook this big breakfast for everybody and sit at the table with the kids and we'd sometimes sit there for one to two hours and and then eventually the kids would say you know what we don't do this at home this is so precious and they want to be with us as much as um As a parent, you might think they're not interested. They definitely want to be with the adults. And sometimes we just need to sit with them. We don't have to talk. We don't have to ask them questions. And you mentioned something too, and and children, they have different interests. So one child may be interested in cars and another child is interested in books. And, And we don't know, we can't predict how or what our child is interested in. And we need to pay attention to that. Is what what is it that they're they're interested in, not not what we want them to be interested in, and the other thing that has happened, and uh, we touched on this, is this overstimulation that we're all experiencing. So it's not negative, and um, I think Cody, I'm a little older than you. <laughs> Anyways, um, I remember, I remember. Uh, one of my fellow business colleagues got a fax machine the first time a fax machine how how insane was that and answering machines were separate they were were not part of the phone anyways I remember that and and so living through faxes uh, learning about emails that that is all new for me yet my children my first child uh, we did not have a computer until he was ten. My second child was born into computers. Um, actually, my son ended up buying a cell phone for my daughter. I mean, that was that's unheard of of uh, us growing up. And and so what happens is, and here's where it's not a negative thing, but it piles up is. We now have this expectancy and this more immediacy where, you know, I used to phone somebody and if the line was busy, you tried again. (laughs) Um, You didn't text someone, you didn't always leave a message, and you just knew that, you know, and when you were driving in a car, you weren't going to get phone calls, um, people couldn't reach you. It wasn't expected that you would get a call back right away. And emails started rolling through. And, and I even felt this myself uh, because other colleagues, some of them didn't have emails. I went, why are they not answering right away? <laughs> so we start, we we have this expectancy. So what happens? There's a little bit of tension in the body, there's a little bit of this excitement. You can call it a little bit of stress. It's not a bad thing. However, it adds to all the other things that are going on and this faster pace that we have. So, uh, and we actually have a condition now, and I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called FOMO, fear of missing out. And um, you're nodding your head. So I don't know if that's something you've heard (laughs) of, right? So, and that is a real thing. And this started uh, actually. Um, over uh 12 years ago that it was named and it just keeps getting bigger, bigger, bigger. And I even notice it myself. So um, and that just compounds, it's one of the layers of uh what can contribute to anxiety. So it's not negative, however, uh, we need to be aware of it.
1: And so, well, I mean, I'll give you a funny example. I had to explain television to my son. We were at a hotel and he he wanted to watch a show. And I was like, hey, buddy, your show starts in 10 minutes. And he was like, just put it on. I'm like, no, go get a shower really quick. Come back, your show will be on. And he's like, just looking at me. And I'm like, he's like, why don't you just put it on now? And I'm like, because it starts in 10. He goes, why do you mean that? I go, there's a guy in New York who decides what you can watch, when you can watch it. And then you have to be at the TV during that time period. And he's just looking at me. And I'm like, I get it. It's way better. You have Netflix. I don't know, no, no. Like, he could not he did not understand how, why the, there was a programming right and so that kind of really gave me a, a glimpse into their world where you were talking about like we're having to adjust to these things they're not adjusting to them that's their life right it's like almost like you think about being able to you know the airplane right like all of a sudden it's like you used to have to spend two weeks driving across the country to get somewhere and it was like now you can do it in six hours You know, so we just expect that you know and then now we have people complaining about how long the airplane takes and so it's so so quickly these things become you know in in our, in our in embedded in our lives and so with you talking about having to kind of slow down i guess a little bit is can you kind of like i i don't i'm trying to do my best to understand their world so that i can try to relate to it but i have to realize that in my own world i'm also adjusting to it but i'm adjusting to it it's the way they see the world you know my daughter right cracks up at the thought that there was we had answer machines you know that we, had, that we had I was explaining uh I was explaining how we went from phone on the wall to like one of those like 40 foot long cords that used to bunch up to yep. the phone and it had the metal thing that pulled out and oh, that thing yeah. would snap off and be like it'd be super sharp and you'd have to like deal with it and I was explaining this to her like how it goes and she was like that sounds awful and I was like it was it, it wasn't awful It was just what we had you know and so um, I just I, I try as a parent to try to understand their world, you know, and and that's I I and I and I can see, just as a outside perspective, like I don't think anxiety is going to get better.
0: <laughs> well, no, and and anxiety. So people have asked to, you know, what's the difference between anxiety and stress? And when you look at the symptoms, it doesn't really matter what you call it, and. You know, some people tell me they don't have anxiety. Well, that's not true. We all have it. It's part of our humanness. And anxiety itself is not a negative thing. Um, it, our bodies are constantly giving us clues and we need to slow down to listen to those clues. So so one of the things that I think uh, doesn't go out of style or out of fashion is going back into nature. And um, teaching our children this miracle that we live in and getting back into nature. And what does that look like? Is it changes of the season? Is it um, studying wildlife? Is it noticing a bird's nest and watching, um, you know, baby birds grow? And, And there's this wonderment that we are born with as humans. And how do we keep nurturing that? Um, recently i'm learning how to forge and i'm i've been discovering these cool berries that grow on my my um, my road that are full of vitamin C and make this phenomenal jam and jelly so so how fun is that how, and and now I can talk about it with my kids because i've brought them up that way and they're interested in that too and and you know how can we do that getting back and it does slow us down because nature as you know you were describing when we started our interview about all these stresses that we're under nature still grows leaves <laughs> it still blooms flowers puppies are still born and how wondrous that can be and children are so naturally fascinated I mean, I have a pond here and it doesn't matter what child comes to my property and my practice, they immediately go to the pond and where are the frogs So, and where are the turtles and and, and they need to see them and they want to watch them. And so why not sit beside them and nurture that? And that's where we start to slow down again. This is where we get back to our bodies and so we can listen. So we can listen to what's right for us. And I think, you know, one of the things is it's important as parents that we're grounded and solid and that we're balanced so that we can give that example to our children so they can move forward and negotiate and navigate what they need to in the world as it unfolds. So
1: <clears throat> I'm, I'm a big believer that we have these um, intrinsic feelings built into us as humans right like I'm a big believer that like fear is very useful you know absolutely it's, it's, fear fear is very useful now I'm I want to talk to you about this because I have the saying in my mouth that comes out that says worry is a wasted emotion and so because it hasn't happened yet it's different than worry is different than fear
0: Absolutely, fear fear can
1: save you, can drive you, can push you. Worry is paralyzing and helpful, but I, I want to try to, I want to pit worry against anxiety. And if I'm help, if you could help me to clarify that, I'm either going to feel better or I'm going to change my saying. (laughs) But uh... well, here, here,
0: here's the thing: is I talk about it uh, right away, and I, I write about it in the book. So, and you're so right. So fear, fear keeps us alive. So as I'm walking, I, I live in the country, and, um, and this is a true story. Uh, skunk started to chase me for, for no reason, uh, though I think I may have been near, near its den. Fear. So I, bo- I start running. That is real. And I don't want to get sprayed by the skunk. It's thumping and doing its thing, right? (laughs) So that's fear. So away I go, I get out of its way. And then I'm out of out of uh, what I think is the, um, you know, stink danger. (laughs) Anyways, I escaped. So anxiety, though, is now when I walk that trail, and that one area, anxiety is anticipatory. So anxiety is saying, hey, pay attention, Uh, and so now what I do is I'm just a little bit more aware when I'm in that area, that's it, and so what anxiety, and it comes in different levels, so there's a zero to ten scale, zero, we're calm, there's no anxiety, ten is we can't even think, so now when I walk, there's maybe a one or two that I'm thinking, you know what, I just got to make sure that skunk's not around it's not a bad thing. It's just saying, Hey, pay attention to something. So that's anxiety. It's anticipatory. You're right. It hasn't happened. Now worry. And uh, it comes from the English um, root word rigon, which means to strangle. (laughs) So it's a great, great, interesting word. And you're right. Worry uh, we can call it negative meditation. Uh, some friends have called that. Uh, so worry and these worry looping thoughts. Um, and I don't really know. A lot of my clients, we do have strategies for that. Um, I'm not sure why the brain has decided to worry and invade our thoughts like that, though it is about um, we can train the brain not to do that, not to worry. And, and uh, that can be very practical and and I think, um, Cody, you're right, is to understand the difference between fear, uh, uh, anxiety, and then um, and, uh, worry. And I, I want to give another one for anxiety, too, is sometimes uh, if you wake up with anxiety or you may want to check in with yourself as to what's on your plate. And again, it's really uh, your system saying maybe you've got to pay attention to something. So it may be as simple as having a little bit of water. Um, A lot of times we dehydrate when we're sleeping, so um, uh, just a a quarter cup of water will calm our system down because our brain will send anxiety-like symptoms to our body when we're dehydrated. So that's an interesting um, thing is uh, drinking enough water uh, actually can lower uh, some of our anxiety. And then the other thing is do a check-in. What's on my plate right now? Oh, I didn't pay my bills this month. Or maybe I've got to look at um, some other things I've got to take care of. Uh, Just kind of do a check-in. And that's what anxiety is really for, is to go, hey, what what do you need to pay attention to? And um, if it's debilitating, that's when we've got to look at some more strategies, is what's going on, where are the causes of anxiety. So if it's stopping you from going to a party, if it's stopping you from changing jobs, if it's stopping you from leaving the house, then then we need to look at that. that that's problematic.
1: So we, we have these, you know, I guess like systems built into us, right? But <clears throat> I'm wondering if you feel like it's more exacerbated by the societal structure that we're in now, which is, you know, we had fear, so we didn't get eaten by the bear when we were in the cave, right? And now, you know, for uh, all intents and purposes, if you are listening to a podcast, you know we have computers and houses and air conditioning and food on in an readily, and we've got these supply chains all built in and all this stuff. And like, we have these massive comforts that we've you know uh, developed, and especially in the last hundred to one hundred and fifty years, at, but I don't I don't think our systems have um, adjusted as well. So I feel you mean like our
0: internal systems.
1: Yeah, like our, our ability to to have this anxiety, right? Because it's it's it was built in to be good, so that we were worried, like to, we were aware of things. I feel like we've. I, I'm wondering if you feel if you feel this way, that we have exacerbated it now because we don't have those external pieces to be as anxious about, or worried about, or fearful of that mm-hmm. we that we're getting now- more, that we're getting more in our heads.
0: Well, here's here's an interesting thing. Maslow, um, he, I believe Henry Maslow did a survey in the late uh, 1950s. So that sounds far away, but it's not. And he uh, and it's a great thing to research. And I do write about it in my book. And it's a triangle. So he his research was what creates anxiety in humans, uh, the quickest. And so and in this triangle, the bottom piece, which is the biggest, is our shelter, our food, warmth, um, all the basic needs. And so, it's interesting when you say about that we've built these comforts. It almost really doesn't matter if our and it. And I've noticed it even in myself. If my home or my there's something that threats threatens my job or not so much my job, but my income, there's immediate anxiety. We can go from zero to 10 very quickly. And um, when, and I think that's why they, this last 18 months has been so difficult for people because people have uh, lost income. Some people have lost homes. They've lost relationships. Uh, some have lost their jobs. And as things are rolling out, it, it's not really, not in Canada, anyways, it's not getting better um so that moslow is throwing people into huge anxiety because it's our um it's our survival so anything that threatens that um uh, of course will throw us right into a massive anxiety there's um it wouldn't matter what you had but i think yeah. does that make sense is that yeah i
1: guess what i'm trying to get to is that like okay so we have more time doing we have less time thinking a lot of times right and so i felt like Mm -hmm. with what's been exacerbated is that we have less time collecting berries and hunting animals in our (laughs) lives these days right and then like and then so we have more time in our homes in our heads and so i feel like we've we've you know almost like it's almost like a like a self-feeding loop right where You know, worry feeds itself a lot of times. And so when you have more time to think and you have less time to, you know, take care of those basic needs that I feel like we're in our heads more and it's, it's exacerbating the, the worry, the anxiety, like we're more aware of it. And because we're more aware of it, we're more worried about it. Does that make, does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And, um, the, one of the points and a strategy is, uh, and I think what you're describing is that we're not being present. Yeah. So, and it's it's kind of interesting um, when we're truly present in our lives, when we have presence. Like right now, you and I are present in our conversation. And you said sometimes you do a bit of research, though you're very present here. What I notice, and you're right, when we get in our heads and you've and our neuroceptors in our brain, we have more neuroceptors in our heart and our stomach. That's just science. Um, our brain is simply an organist to understand that. that could be a whole other topic that we can talk about. So what happens is we stop being present and you're correct. We get into our heads, we get into our thoughts, it's not living. When we're forging berries, it's so interesting and it isn't just forging berries, it's also cooking. It's a, you know it, it's a great strategy because we're present. And there's something when and, and I think, you know, for listeners, if we can think of what brings us presence, not, not, it's not always the same. Sometimes it's a soccer game, sometimes it's coaching baseball. You oh, know, I did that last us... night and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, what brings, us <laughs> I had us zero presence? worry
1: about anything in my life. I was worried about my little guys, but I would zero worry about the outside world when I was in that baseball game last night pitching. Absolutely. And know,
0: that's like... presence. Yeah. So, you were very, you're very present. And so, that brings us back to our bodies. That brings us back to who we are, what we need. And our bodies, like each body, like you don't have to listen to me, listen to your own body, right? I might give you ideas. However, you want to listen to yourself and your body's going to tell you what you need. And it's about being present. And, and you're right. I think we, we get into whatever the electronics or shows, it's not living. Living is being outside. Living is, you know, all these are the things that we do together as a family. And, you know, I'm, I say foraging, however, it, it's, it's just something fun. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just being together uh, for Thanksgiving. We had our Thanksgiving last weekend, and I was cycling with my son and his wife. And my son spotted this huge puffball, and I haven't seen one in thirty years. And I said, "No, that's a pale. That's not a puffball." <laughs> and he said, "No, mom, I got to go get it." And he doesn't even eat mushrooms. He was so proud. He still we're still texting about it and how I'm cooking it, and and he was just so proud of finding that and. And again, it's about nature, and he had to cross the creek to go get it, and then he had to carry it, and he wanted to carry it. He didn't want to leave. I mean, there's the, all this thing about being present, and the whole thing was fun, and all we thought about was being together. The weather was perfect. Um, we had a great workout. We had a great picnic. That's presence, and, and like you said, you didn't think about – you weren't worried about other things, and, and that's living. That's our life. We're not going to – And I'm sure you talk about this, (laughs) you know, what is it that we're going to take away with our memories and our lives? Right. I
1: I had a conversation just yesterday, actually, with someone whose father uh, recently passed and Mm. he, he said to me, so I lost my father when I was 19 and it Mm -hmm. changed my perspective on the world quite a bit. Um, And his father just passed about the same age I am. And uh, he had these, he had a couple months of what he called, he was babysitting him in the, in the afternoons, what he was spending afternoons with him. And He had a very bad relationship with them. The last couple months, they spent every afternoon talking. The dad repented quite a bit about things. And, you know, they ended up, he was like, look, I, I came to a total peace. And I said, well, how, how is it affecting you in your day-to-day stuff? And he was like, he was honestly, he's like all the little things that used to bother me don't bother me anymore. And, I said, it's, I said, Dennis, I said, I understand exactly what you're talking about, because with that loss, you start to realize how little time we're here and the things that upset us aren't as important as we make them out to be sometimes like there's some things are way more important and some things are way less important. And I'm wondering in your work, if you've seen that, what, what, what that is, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's like a recognition of like, like you're talking about going on the bike ride and getting the puffball and, and having these conversations like how do we get how do we get back to making those things important without having these traumas that try to force us that way right
0: that's a good question um i think well you you mentioned something about building resilient children and and i <sighs> one of the things, and it sounds probably so corny, however, we need to spend time in meditation and reflection. And that investment is is everything. If you can think about that, like one of the things that I've learned, um, I learned it in my 30s, that if I spent time uh, reflecting and in meditation, the rest of the day went smoother and a lot of harmony and synchronicity and uh, presence and gratitude. And we need that. Uh, no, and if that's not in our lives, um, it's I, I relate it like a, a car with four tires. So we need to feed ourselves spiritually. We need to feed ourselves physically, mentally and emotionally. And that's based on um, many traditional circles. Not, not, it's not something I've made up. And if, if we're very much in our minds, then that tire could be overinflated and we're going to be going along the road, very bumpy and not balanced. And if we're starving ourselves spiritually, and I, and I, I don't mean religion, I mean in spirit, in nature, slowing down. And um, however that looks for you is we need to do that and be the best that we can be for our children. I really believe that. And, uh, and I also do that for myself so that I can be the most present to be here with you or to be present with my clients. And, and I work at that. And, and then I encourage my clients to do the same. And you ask me of how do we get there? What I would encourage people just to try is five, 10 minutes and, and notice the rewards. As soon as you start feeling those rewards, you're going to do it more. (laughs) Um, You know, as soon as you start seeing, wow, this, this is really good. Do it your own way. And, and again, I talk about that in the book is how do you create this for yourself? And it's about finding things that help you be present. Um, and what is that it's going to be different like for you and me we're we're going to be different it doesn't matter for you it was when you were you know at the game with your son and that brings you joy and and that's a good thing
1: I was going to ask you about this so um, because I wanted to get into some of the practicalities that we can do because I know that you're really in your expertise and you kind of mentioned it off air that that's mostly what most people want to talk to you about but I wanted to kind of get into the (laughs) I kind of want to get into the psychology of it first. and that's, sure. But I, Now I kind of want to get into the other side of it so that we can have some <laughs> practical tips to come out of this. But I think about it in two ways. And, you know, by far, correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I think about it is that we have two control factors, two levers to pull, right? There's there's inputs prior to feeling anxious and anxiety. And then I realize that there's other times where we're not in control of it, and we have recognition of anxiety. So I'd like to kind of You've you've touched on a bunch of it already with it, those things, but I I would like to kind of think of it from a from a parental perspective, maybe or maybe a familiar like a, a family perspective of what okay. you could do because I feel like a lot of times with anxiety we may be kind of self interested right? Where it's like, I have anxiety, so I want to know how to fix my anxiety, but we don't, I don't know that we necessarily think about it in the family, you know, in the family perspective. And it's kind of like what you were just talking about. You have to take care of yourself. It's like the air mask dropping out of the airplane, right? Absolutely. Put yours on first so that you can have the ability to take care of your kid. And I kind of feel the same thing. Like we need to think about it in that perspective. And I'd like to see if there's a way to tie those things together. But so I'm thinking about, you know, what are some of the inputs that we can do prior to so almost like a, a an offensive um <laughs> strategy right so right. a pre right. and then and then some of the uh, uh, then when we, when we realize that you know like my daughter is having a, a, an emotional breakdown you know because she got a b on her test or something and she's got this massive anxiety and upset and everything else like some things that we could do maybe in the recognition side of you know uh maybe a breathing exercises or something like, like like you know what i mean like i'm trying to think of both sides of that because i don't feel like you could ever will it all away ahead of time and i don't feel no. that, like if you but i also feel like if you don't spend any strategy trying to will it away ahead of time that the backside is going to be if you're only dealing with the fire you know not the matches like that it, it's not a good strategy either so i was wondering if you could right. touch on that
0: yeah absolutely and i understand that i i think i understand um what you're asking so just interrupt me if
1: I'm not.
0: no I'm, <laughs> i feel like i went way too
1: long on that look but that's okay no no
0: that, actually yeah yeah there's a lot of parts to what yeah so so one of the things i want to reemphasize is that as a parent where children are learning from us what they see not so much what what they say what we say right so so here's the thing is When they see a struggle, it's important to just name that and in their language, like we don't have to go into the details or the philosophy or the psychology, we can just say, you know what, right now, um, I'm really, really stressed. So maybe I'm a little bit shorter, but this is what I'm doing to, to calm. So some of it is to speak about it. So that's really important to address it. The other piece is then as they watch you. Uh, balance yourself, they're going to say, Hey, I can, I can, um, stress is, uh, a part of life and Oh, mom and dad. Okay. They, they handle it differently. However, they're managing it and, and this is what they're doing and now they feel better. So what you're teaching your child is that this is not an insurmountable thing. Life happens. And so what I encourage parents to do is just be honest with your children, because I have parents coming in uh, wanting to be stoic, not showing children their tears or their anger or frustration. And I said, you know, within reason, let them see your tears within reason, let them see that you're upset Um, and 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 then, you know, let them know that you're working through it. And then as as you're doing that is you're modeling. So that is huge. That's a huge piece. And I and I know I mentioned it a little bit, though, I want to keep emphasizing it, because as parents, um, what they're learning, but just by being with us is is more than we even know. Um, So then the other piece, what you're saying is, um, you know, this, um, and I want to put it into building the resilience. So coming back to those tires, is we want to also teach our children, is say okay, you know how are we going to be resilient? So resilience is uh, exercise, good diet, um, it's balance. You know, if you find a child that's um, maybe they're very much into the books, is is get them outside and get it interested. So they're help help teach them to balance. Um, their physicality and help them balance their emotions and and so yes we we want to teach those strategies because cody what happens is when we do that we're building resilience then we're better capable to to handle the (laughs) b and we're not having a big meltdown and so um so it's important to know those strategies when we're having a meltdown however we've practiced ahead of time so uh, what we can do is uh, we can teach children the scale zero to ten. Uh, any child that can count from zero to ten, we can teach them that that scale, so they can just start to be within their body, so they can tell you. They say, you know what? I'm at a six or a seven. I'm not doing so good because um, the usually the meltdown is already progressing. It's not just from the one one thing. So. Um, and then the strategy, and, and I love that you said <laughs> to breathe, however, you know what, when we're having a meltdown, it's the last thing we wanna do is breathe. So what you wanna do is um, first identify with the child, say, okay, uh, are you feeling mad, sad, glad? So keep it very simple. What happens is the brain then flips, so it goes into um, cognitive mode, which actually helps the brain calm down. So, um, cause the brain now is going, wait a minute. Uh, I, I was just asked a, a question. What, what, what's going on with me? And because of that, it actually helps calm the brain. Is that a fight thing- or
1: flight type of deal? um kind of get you out of it like it's all reactionary to where now you got to think a little bit and it kind of yeah it's it's just
0: calming because you want to get you want to get the child back into the window of tolerance so that they can answer you uh and they will they'll quickly be able to do that so so the best is we don't react we just ask a simple question um are you mad about that or is this is is it making you sad
1: that is such a great
0: Oh, it, it's actually not my strategy. <laughs> it's what I've learned. And so, so the other thing is, as soon as they come down a little bit is say, hey, let's go for a walk. Let's, let's maybe do something physical. Come on with me. Um, you know, let's, because when we're this high, the last thing that our systems want to do or can do is to sit and to breathe. Um, so, um, you know, or maybe yeah, it's like ripping, uh, ripping uh, looking, a telephone yeah. book. Yeah. Maybe it's ripping a telephone book apart. Maybe it's uh, stomping. Um, I've done different exercises with clients. Um, so get that, get physical. let's let's move. let's because, and you're right, um, that adrenaline has been moving. and um, so what we want to do is process it a little bit because the system is is going, you know, like you said, the fight or flight, the meltdown, that's a high. High
1: um, thing, so yeah. No, that listen. I'm, I'm I'm nodding my head because I'm thinking about the million times where I've been like, just calm down, just calm down. Yeah. Right? Hang it's on, like- I
0: gotta tell my client to give me <laughs> five minutes. No problem. <laughs> okay, hang on.
1: Quick. Oh. Okay, so <clears throat> I think about it in the and and as a parent, like trying like because I talk about breathing exercises, right? And then as you're talking, I'm realizing this is a very poor strategy.
0: That
1: no no, it is. I'm I'm just thinking in my own head, like I I i don't think it's poor advice, but I think it's a poor strategy. Does that make sense? Like, I don't I, I think well, it's but I, well, I, no, I, I, I like, want to tweak in that it. Reactionary, I feel like you need a you need, a, you need I want to like tweak a it a little bit.
0: Yeah. And um, I want to tweak it. Uh, doing breathing, meditation, all that, those are good strategies. It's just it, the timing. So when yeah. when we're yeah. at a height, like when our energy, wherever our energy is whether it's anger, anxiety, grief, when we're this high, we need to bring it down some notches. Yeah. So the breathing part is down here. So we've got to be, there's some intermediate, intermediary, you know, I can't even say it right, but it doesn't matter. You know what I yeah. mean? Yes. Is we've got to um, kind of have this process. And um, when I've mentioned it to clients, they go, yeah, they're, you know, I can't breathe then when I'm there. And I say, well, don't go do something and um you know whatever that strategy is be a little physical and um yeah whether it's pounding the pool that's kind of what i
1: was i was saying though i'm thinking as a poor strategy at eights nines and tens right i think it's a great strategy at sevens and belows. but i'm just i'm thinking in my head because we had an incident the other night and my daughter was just like she was just livid about the smallest thing and like it it wasn't her fault she's normally very like very controlled um And, and reserve type but she was just hot and I was like I'm thinking about in my head like I should have gone with a redirect or a tear this paper up or I love the idea of like are you mad glad or sad and then let's go for a walk let's break the like change the environment something to to pull out of that 10 but telling a 10 to to, to breathe isn't it just makes you more angry <laughs> you know like Absolutely. I think about like it's like telling someone to you know calm down and like I'm not calming down and it's like you know it's, it's more <laughs> it's more combative and so that's what i meant by it's a it's not a poor exercise as a poor strategy at that point
0: yes to try Agreed. to it's,
1: it's it's a round peg in a square hole
0: yeah type, type of strategy.
1: so i um oh, yeah. i that's why i was nodding so much when you're like yeah stomping or ripping up paper or going for a walk i really thought i really like that idea of wait let's redirect this in a different you know setting i guess and uh i i think that's a huge tip as a parent that I'm going to implement in in, in my recognition with those things, um, because it's not, it doesn't work <laughs> the other way, <laughs> you know, right. telling a 10 to calm down. Doesn't work. It just makes them more 10. <laughs>
0: right. But
1: I, um, so, well, I, I really, really appreciate okay, you coming on with me on the money talkers. I probably could talk to you for another two hours about this subject <laughs> because it's just, I, I, I love the um, I guess, even the recognition and the ability to talk about these things these days. That Because I, I feel like, I was kind of laughing because I wrote down anxiety talkers, right? I feel like many times when we have these anxieties and these worries and these things, you were mentioning like, wait, we just need, the second you start to recognize it, and then especially if you have someone that's talking to you about it, it almost instantly reduces that level down, and it's kind of the same thing where I say with money talkers, like I want to be able to talk about these things in our household, so they're not taboo, so that later in life we know how to deal with it, you know, or we have someone in our corner that we have this relationship that we can. It's open subject, and right. I'm honestly relating that completely to what you're talking about with anxiety and up and 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 worries and those kind of things. The second we talk about them, they get way better. And so if we do that with our children later in life that relationship is open to talk about right Absolutely. it's not taboo it's not it's not a it's not a well i can't talk to my dad because he never gets how i feel because he never talked to him about how they felt when it didn't matter and you were just kind of dictating them with the way the way they should behave right right and so i i kind of i was, I was kind of smiling i literally wrote down anxiety talkers while i was talking with you because i wanted nice. to make sure i covered that because i was like i just i see i see the correlation that Having that relationship and and you know getting on their level can have a benefit so that when they're twenty five and they're on that level that that door is already that that door is already open. It's That's not right. trying to retrain it you know right
0: exactly and 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 it is understanding for sure yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. And, I, okay. and i think I think uh, another just one other thing is that I wanted to say is that um I would imagine this would be some of the advice for you that you would give, but I would do it with when we talk about money and entrepreneurship and successful mindsets. And um, is that when you ask them questions, let them answer. Yep. Don't answer the question for them.
0: Absolutely.
1: And let them, whatever it is, let it be. They're not wrong. Right?
0: Yes, absolutely. I believe in all that. Absolutely. Is uh, listen. I think we need to listen.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ask an open-ended question and then be quiet right <laughs> Yep. we tell it in sales like ask a question shut up you know and so uh i think that's a i think that's a big point so okay thank you so much for coming on with me on money talkers i really appreciate it i really love this subject um and so uh but if the people are listening now and uh you know who should come find you and where do they find you at
0: well the easiest is uh we developed a, a website called anxiety warrior CA. That's probably the easiest way to get links to the book. Um, you can um, get it at your favorite bookseller. So that website and it will have um, it will hopefully have our podcast on there shortly. It has lots of free resources. and if you do want the link to me, it's on there too. However, we created it just for uh, strategies and resources for anxiety. So there's lots there. It doesn't cost anything it's my passion, my active service. I love to help. And um, I think that's, that's great. So anxietywarrior.ca.
1: You know, I think that's fantastic because it's just, uh, it's one of those things in business, you know, what, whatever you, whatever you measure or whatever you, what I like to say is whatever you put light on shines, but whatever you measure or explore or and, and it gets better right and so if these are things these are resources there to to help people if you begin to just learn about it and read about it have a little bit more of an understanding it gets better right absolutely well thank you so much i appreciate it elka thank you thank you for listening to another episode of money talkers with me your host cody laughlin